Hi, I'm Hera. And I'm Aisha. And we are the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice, or SMCs. Like you, as SMCs, we decided to become mothers knowing we'd be the sole care provider and parent of our children, at least at the outset. And the Mocha is for Black. We discuss being SMCs from an intentionally Black lens. You'll connect with all the interesting and fun things about this non-traditional path. Like how you decide which sperm to use, the cold, hard truth of fertility, your reality of dating as a single mother who doesn't have a co-parent to rely on for occasional childcare, and what it's actually like to parent as an SMC. This is the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice podcast. Hi, Pod. (laughs) I can't tell you. I'm so happy to be here um, with you today. Uh, I need this conversation. I need to sit down with my girl, Hera. I need this cup of coffee that I have. It's been a tumultuous few weeks, um, start to the new year, but I've been breathing and kind of just pushing through because I have to. And so I'm really glad that I have this time to kind of just settle in and, and touch base with myself and see where I am. If I weren't mommying, this entire scene would look different with the two snowstorms that we've had and the intermittent closures. I probably would be in loungewear. I probably would be doing a lot of sleeping and watching Netflix and chilling with myself. And that would have been like pre-kids. But right now, it just feels different and it hits differently. And I know some people say it's hard to recall what life was like pre-kids. But in these moments, I definitely remember what it was like to have the extra time to sleep. And I can vividly remember what self-care looked like pre-kid. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about self-care and what it looks like as an SMC. But first, Hera, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. So I think sometimes the new year is a good time to kind of reevaluate, touch base and how you're going. Not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but how am I doing? What do I want to be doing? I will say for me, I've gotten to the point with my mothering where I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, like diapering and all those things were like tunnel, right? Like not sleeping and all the things. And so I've started to figure out like, how can I empower my kids to do things in the morning? For example, like here's how you pour your own cereal, right? Here's how you pour the cereal for your sister. And like all the things that just so I can have like a few extra moments in the morning, maybe take a little bit longer shower, maybe work out in the morning while they're getting themselves ready. And so I've been really pleasantly surprised that especially my toddler, I mean, sometimes she'll get up and she'll like dress herself, which Uh is, you know, it might only be like five minutes, but sometimes that is really, it can mean a lot throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm just really um, feeling exhausted and feeling the burn and mainly because in the past four weeks, my my toddler has learned how to climb out of bed. And mm. so that now pushes bedtime routine into an actual routine. And it's a thing with five pop-ups at night. And so, and I find myself losing it a bit more than I want to. And so, so yeah, so this week is, you know, I'm coming off of a struggle period where, you know, I need to have this conversation because I need to make some changes. Yeah, I think it's, I think what's really important I mean, we talked about this a a lot about how a lot of times when we become mothers, it takes a while for us to just get to, to like figure out our new selves, not just our new selves, but like our family. And I think every time you have a child, even if it's not your first, right. I know there's a lot of women coming to this path, having previous children, you know, from, um, you know, children from other relationships and whatnot. And so 
they may think like, oh, well, I've, I got this, like I'm already a mom. And then they have another child. And then it's like, they kind of have to go through it again because there's this like resetting with your family now that it's new. And then Mm -hmm. I also think there's like resetting with yourself. And so Mm -hmm. recently I was talking to a new mom and she asked me, when am I going to feel like myself again? Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting question because at first I struggled. I was like, you know, never, right? Right. (laughs) Because here I am, you know, my youngest is three and, you know, I still, I still don't feel like I was before I had them. And I don't think I'm ever going to. But I think that's okay. I think it's more that instead of trying to get back to feeling like your old self, I think it's a process to start becoming comfortable with the new version of yourself right. and yeah. reassessing what it is that you even need now. In a rush, I will say never, you'll never feel yeah. the same. <laughs> because I think that there are two things that are rolling together with that conversation. One is that it's a new mom, right? So there mm. is a such thing as the fourth trimester that we don't fully, we're not given, we're not allowed to fully appreciate. And then there's the long-term, you know, what self-care looks like. And so as a, a new mom, you do go through a very distinct transition period where you're adjusting to life with the with a new a new person in your world and that impacts everything from your the social dynamics you have with your friends and family work if you're going back to work during this time and just the relationship you have with yourself and with your body because your body goes through a change you're mentally you're going through a change as the hormones are rebalancing so that is something to take time out and fully appreciate and that requires you to be gentle with yourself um, and give yourself time I think what's also interesting I mean I distinctly remember in my third trimester having a really hard time I mean you're super uncomfortable you feel like your organs don't fit in your body anymore because your kids Mm -hmm. kind of like fighting with them and I remember just really wanting to have some time alone right? I was like, I just, I want, I want time where my kid's not moving inside of me and like, I'm not always in pain. So when the kid is born, I think there's sort of, at least for me, there was this expectation like, oh, I'm finally going to, I'm going to be me. My body's going to be mine again. And then what you realize is that for the fourth trimester, your kid doesn't even know the difference between you and them, right? Because they're no. still, they're still not able to associate themselves as a, as a separate individual. And so, and in many ways they need you, you know, if not the same, but more than they even do when you're inside of, they're inside of you. So it can be a little bit hard. At least it was for me to just, I went through like this weird morning and I think it was probably postpartum depression, but just kind of like, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel right. And mm-hmm. it's not that you, you know, for me, I was like, I, I adored them and was super excited that they were there, but I still think there was kind of a part of me that was just having a really hard, just not having time to myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that it took for me to, to get over was the amount of time and time in two ways. The time it took to do everything just took longer, you know, once Mm -hmm. the kids were here. So I wasn't as quick and could be on the go as I was. But really, the biggest thing for me was sleep. I really enjoyed sleep when it was just me. And even Mm -hmm. when I got to the the, um, last trimester of my pregnancy, what really stood out to me was not being able to sleep well, having to go to the bathroom, having to not sleep on your your back and all of these Mm -hmm. adjustments. And I was just like, I remember some mornings I would go into work late just so that I could sleep. Mm -hmm. And 
And I thought for some ungodly reason that once the kids were here, I would be able to get sleep. Mm -hmm. It never, it never comes back. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I haven't slept well for seven years. Um, (laughs) I was just talking to someone last night about how I was, I was on the phone and I, and I was watching the monitor because I have a, you know, a video monitor the person was like, well, is it a sound monitor or a video monitor? And I was like, the toddler I have, it has to be a video monitor because this little mm-hmm. girl will get out of bed and just do stuff. Right. And she'll be super quiet about it too. Right. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, when's the last time I had a full night of just uninterrupted sleep. And I think the interesting thing is that one of the things that's really hard about being a new mom is that you're still not used to not sleeping, even though the third trimester tries to prepare you. Mm-hmm. And so the, the level of sleep deprivation And I think to myself, I'm like, did it get better or did I just get used to it? I think to a degree, I just got used to it because now Mm -hmm. I remember when the youngest was about four months, I went on a work trip and I didn't take them with me. And I actually was waking up at various times during the night, uh, just naturally waking up. And I was like, geez, it would irritate me because I was like, I finally have like a night where I can sleep. And I couldn't sleep because my body had just adjusted to this weird sleep schedule. Girl, no. Before we before we hop into uh, the meat of the episode, no. I remember my first work trip with the kids. <laughs> I slept like a log. It was <laughs> awesome, and I woke up like wow. But anyway, all yeah. right. I so. was also still nursing, so like my boobs woke me up. I was like, "Ow, I need to pump." So I'm here. I am like 3 a.m. You know, in a bougie hotel for a work trip, like with a pump. <laughs> all right, so. I will say I am a huge fan of all things girls. I love Issa Rae and I love Insecure and catch it on HBO. Anyway, in season four, Issa and Molly had introduced us to their self-care routine and it was called Self-Care Sunday and their ritual, you know, they would get together and they have Hey Girl, Hey Time. You know, they had the lavender scented cloth. They did yoga. They had cucumber infused water, scented candles and just a real, you know, intentional friendship conversation being in the moment. It just took me back to when I was single and doing those things and made me really longing for a self-care routine. And, you know, and I had to pause and really think what does self-care look like for me and other SMCs. And so, Hera, what are your initial thoughts on self-care? Do you, do you believe it, got to have it, or do we trash it? I think that people sometimes don't even realize what self-care looks like for them. I mean, I think it's it's impossible to not have self-care and survive. So for me, you know, I think self-care can be those moments. And even if it's like a 15 minute nap or, you know, like those moments in the middle of the day where you just sit with your coffee while it's still warm. And I think I definitely, my self-care has changed post kids because I, there were things that I definitely took for granted pre-kids. Like I would work out for hours before kids yeah. just to, you know, yeah. just, really enjoying my gym time. And now my workout time has just become so, I would say efficient (laughs) in comparison because, you know, now I have to like grab a half an hour here and there. And even if I were to eke out, you know, an hour, an hour and a half in a given day, it would not be sequentially. So um, I think the the challenge as a mom to get self-care is that it's at least for me, it's really rare for me to have long periods of time where I can really focus on myself. 
And sometimes what it looks like is deciding to have less sleep so that I could sit up at night and like watch a show or drink a glass of wine in silence. I think it's super important for moms to just reevaluate what they actually need, because what may have looked like a two hour run before babies, that might not be possible. So how do you still get what you need while working it into your new routine? We'll be right back after a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. Yeah, so definitely definitely on self-care, I say gotta have it. And similar to you, I think we both come from a, a background where we were we were runners, right? And we weren't just running sprints. We were running as adults. So that meant we were doing 5Ks, 8Ks, half marathons, full marathons. And so like you, I was like, where in the world did I have the time to do like, you know, a two hour, this is my long Mm -hmm. run Saturday. And you get up at six o'clock in the morning and you take a half hour to get dressed and get in your car and get your water. You go and you do that hour and a half, two hour run. And then you come back like that's a three or four hour stretch where you Mm -hmm. leisurely did all of that and then came back and took a nice hot shower before you, you got to do your, your social stuff with your friends. That time does not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned after my first was, okay, I can't, if I'm going to run, I can no longer do the marathon. So I was like couch to 5k because I was trying to get back into it. And so with my second, that now looks like run walk (laughs) for Mm -hmm. a half hour. And like you said, you don't get stretches. So you got to be strategic. And sometimes you're making conscious decisions like, do I sleep in for the extra half hour or do I get up? And know that if you get up, that half hour turns into a 20 minute workout because you have to get dressed, right? Mm -hmm. Do I take my shower now before I start work? Because we're all working from home now. Or do I wait until lunchtime and do an extra 15 minutes and then take my shower? So we're making these these trade-offs during our day to kind of fit in some of that that self-care that we we used to do. So definitely a gotta have it for me right now in my life. So let's talk about fitness. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know, you and I both spent we we appreciated our lengthy amount of time for us to be able to do fitness. So what are some ways that moms, especially during a global pandemic when, you know, going to the gym and having childcare at the gym is maybe not an option. What are some of the ways that moms can still get it in (laughs) while perhaps doing it at home or taking baby with you? 
So for me, I will tell people in a minute, sometimes my kids are the only workout that I get. And so in a week, right? So I will try to be intentionally physical with them. So I'm lifting the three-year-old up. I had last doctor's visit. She was 30 pounds. So that's a 30 pound <laughs> lift. And sometimes, yeah. you know, and squats, I'm, with babies. I'm, <laughs> squats with babies and, you know, I'm conscious of, you know, holding my core when I'm lifting her because, you know, you don't want to like lift and bend and tear something. So um, I try to be intentionally active with the kids. I am grabbing the groceries and bringing them in and understanding what it's doing to my body and what it means to carry two bags and two hands and things like that. Um, I had a treadmill at home. I've always been a home workout person if I wasn't out running. The gym, I enjoyed for the classes, but the core of my workout happened at home. So I keep dumbbells at home. I might get a set of kettlebells, but I like to watch TV as I'm doing a long run or these days a long walk. And so that's kind of how I infuse the two together. Once my three-year, once my two-year-old starts sleeping through the night, I might be able to to decide that I'm going to, instead of sleeping in, I'm going to take that extra half hour and just get on the treadmill or, you know, after they go to bed, get on the treadmill. How about you? How are you fitting it in? I do miss the social aspect of the gym. I was a CrossFitter and I just really enjoyed getting up in the morning and going and hanging out with my people. Uh And I, I do miss that a lot, like throwing around some weights and just, I think, yeah, I, I do like some workouts in solitude. Like I'm a, you know, runner and thinker and, you know, things like that. But I, I do miss the social aspect. That said, I used to take my kids to the gym with me and they would just mm-hmm. sit in the corner and, and play or whatever, or go to go to the kids area. But now during the pandemic, that's no longer a thing. And so I've really gotten into a lot of the fitness apps. So Peloton's my jam. And Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not you have equipment or space, you know, if you have enough space for a yoga mat and some weights, you can do some of the classes, which I really enjoy. And I think for me, it almost, it almost feels like a virtual community. So instead of actually sitting in a class, you know, no, there's nobody around you, but you know, there's people that are logged in at the same time. You can virtually high five someone. And I also just really like the variety of it. You can get some yoga in, you can do some meditation. And really for me, it's just about grabbing small chunks of time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I got a new treadmill and I can put my computer on the treadmill. (laughs) So it's like taking Mm -hmm. a meeting while I'm going for a walk sometimes, you know, because that might be the only time that I have in that particular day. So even though it's not like dedicated self-care time, I do think that sometimes we have to be good at multitasking and knowing that our body might need that right then. And we may have to do it while we're doing something else. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so we both talked about childcare at the gym, right? And so then now with you, so you have childcare at the gym and that's one way and I loved it when the world was normal. Then we also have paid childcare. So let's talk about the role that paid childcare could potentially fill in this whole self-care routine? Because sometimes you get people who are just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, you know, separate from my kid or I'm going to, you know, my family's around so they can do it. What role do you see paid childcare playing in a whole self-care routine? So first and foremost, there are some types of self-care that you just cannot do with your kids. I think that we want to believe that we're going to be the type of people that can always have our kids around and still be happy. But I don't know anybody for whom that is true. (laughs) 
<laughs> and certainly yeah. not myself, right? So, you know, I think it's important to make sure you feel safe with whatever childcare provider it is, because if you're somehow on edge with with leaving your kid somewhere, you can't even get a good massage because you're just worried, right? And right. so I think that, you know, obviously during normal times, gym childcare can be fantastic for that because if you're like me and you can't work out with kids, I, I just, it's the time that I really just love being by myself or in a class with adults and not kids, mm -hmm. you know, that can be a really good option. I know there's lots of YMCAs that have really good childcare care environments uh, and they're close by. So if there is an issue, you know, that they'll call you, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. awesome. I will also say, at least for me, I prefer if it's a daycare setting, I prefer uh, a center or a place where there are potentially cameras, multiple adults. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that, not to say that bad things don't happen at childcare centers. We know that they do, but I like the fact that there are potentially enough people to have whistleblowers. It just makes me feel safe. And so I, I will also say during a pandemic, I mean, I have leveraged community and family support, which also at times comes at a cost because I'm here with them at home, which mm -hmm. is hard, <laughs> but I will also say, even if your child is in daycare, I think sometimes people will say, oh, I feel guilty going out at night and leaving the kid with a babysitter. And my response to that is, I think it's still important to utilize babysitters and go out have your date or go out with your friends and have adult time. And I think that's, mo those are moments that we as moms really need to recharge because mm -hmm. it's hard to just have child conversations all day, mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. So I, I, I will echo everything that you said and say, you know, add it to that. I have youth centers. I have had babysitters come to the house when things were normal and once during the pandemic so that I can leave the house and go get a massage or go, you know, I got a massage that day and I did grocery shopping without feeling rushed, right? I got to walk the aisles leisurely. I have also used drop-in daycare service where I'm leaving the house and I leave the house with the kids and then we I drop them off at a trusted location. Then I go do my errands or what have you and then come back and pick the kids up. And so that has worked for me as well. So I would say, so sometimes you will hear people want to save money by using family or friends as um, childcare. The thing is, is that sometimes you just don't want to have to negotiate that time or use that social capital, um, as Hera likes to say. And I just want someone who is going to do it my way, make sure the kids brush their teeth and go to bed. When I say I don't want to have to negotiate or I don't want to have to think Auntie Kay likes to do this stuff and the kids are going to be wired on sugar. I just need people <laughs> who are going to follow my rules, right? And so yeah. that's a, a having boundaries is another part of that self-care package. So sometimes mm -hmm. save up the money just so that you don't have to have the conversations and talk. So definitely include or factor in that you might want to have paid childcare as well. And also, like, sometimes I don't always want people to come to my house and stay in the house and I leave. I want people to come to my house and take my kids with them. 
take the kids out of the house so that I can lay in bed in my bathrobe. I don't have to get dressed up and start the car. I just want you to come and take my kids and do their Saturday activities, do their Sunday activities so that I can just be home. Yeah, I want to be out of All the right. house. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I would prefer my kids stay home when I'm not with them. And I want to uh-huh. go somewhere because I feel like I'm oftentimes it's, I think one of the hardest things for me about being a mom is that just getting up and going somewhere is extra. You know, you've got to think about, okay, do I need to have extra clothes in case the toddler has an accident or does everybody have their snacks? Because, you know, we can't get in the car without snacks because two seconds later, they're going to be like, I'm hungry, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things. And so sometimes it's when I, when I have for me, self-care is, is getting away from the kids and going, even just grocery shopping by myself mm-hmm. is a luxury. Yeah. And so I definitely, I, th- I will also say one of the pro tips for me f- for childcare is if you, if you go out with your friends or go out on a date, I typically try to start it a little bit later after my kids are either already in bed or like close to being in bed. Because then if you're hiring a sitter, it's kind of like a win-win for them, right? It's like, okay, right. they're, they're maybe going through bedtime routine but they get to kind of hang out and watch Netflix and get paid for it. And so right. they're happy when you get home, you're happy because you're out and you you don't have to really worry about what they're doing with the kids. You can just be like, okay, did they go to sleep? Oftentimes, at least with my kids, I find that they are better about going to sleep when it's not me that's putting mm-hmm. them to sleep. And so I can enjoy my evening and know that the person is is happy and well paid when I get home. All right. So last last two things. So we we talked about self-care in general. Let's break it down into two categories, right? Because there is, you know, self-care sometimes goes deeper than wine and massages. And then sometimes it could just be as simple as wearing your favorite lip gloss. What does self-care look like in these different scenarios? What does self-care, what could it look like when you're dealing with your friends, when you're dealing with your family, what could it look like at work, right? So let's take those three categories. What does it look like with friends, family, and then at work, Hera? What so like? I think what's hard for a lot of women, especially SMCs, is that in order, look, in order to take this path, you have to be pretty independent and probably the type of person who's just used to doing, you know, doing things for themselves. Right. And so for me, I think one of the biggest challenges was asking for help. Mm -hmm. And I I'm the type of person that if I can just do it myself, I'm not necessarily apt to ask, but part of self-care sometimes, you know, in addition to being able to say no, if it's too much is also recognizing when you need help and asking mm-hmm. for it and trying to leverage your community, which can be really tough for, for, for a lot of people. And I will say with work, I try really hard to set boundaries on my time, particularly time that either is time that's my time <laughs> or time that I know that I need to be with kids. And this can be super hard because work will continue to ask for your time. And yeah. if you don't say no, they will continue taking and taking and taking. And it's always a balance, right? Because as SMCs, we know that we're also the only people bringing in money and being financially responsible for our kids. So it might be scary to say no if it's your boss or put boundaries on work, but it's super important because if you don't, then all the time that you would use for your self-care is just going to be sucked up by work. Yeah. 
I, I agree. So for me, in terms of friendships, I think communication is going to be important. I think some SMCs really struggle with the change and dynamics of their different friendships. And so they sometimes ask, you know, my friends didn't invite me here, didn't invite me there, but your friendships are going to change. So being really good at communicating what your needs are, make your ask, and then bow out of commitments as soon as you can, right? And and feeling comfortable doing that because you stated up front your needs are changing. I think mm-hmm. with family, mm-hmm. it's having really good, healthy boundaries, right? So saying no, not taking calls or taking text messages, you know, that are after hours. I set my phone to not have any calls after 10, except if it's an emergency, right? And so just just doing small things like that. Sometimes skipping the holiday gatherings if it's too stressful. Like in this COVID period, I don't want to ask permission to whether or not to expose my kids or not, right? And so I'm just going to say, yeah, we'll catch you next year for Thanksgiving. Addressing why we don't talk about Bruno, right? So what are what are the family secrets that we're not talking about that are the elephants in the room that sometimes could be impacting you in ways that you don't fully appreciate? But let's have those conversations. Protecting your peace. You know, I think you're making good points about just sometimes it's okay to walk away from friendships and even walk away from toxic family relationships. I think sometimes we just assume that because we're blood relative with somebody, we have to put up with their BS. And if you recognize that it's not healthy, creating healthy boundaries and realizing, okay, my kids are actually more important than this person who is bringing all kinds of stress in my life. I think, yeah, that can be a boundary too, just recognizing that you really cannot sustain that kind of relationship. Right. And listen to your body. You'd be surprised how many cues your body will give you. If your stomach tenses up every time you're around family members or a group of family members, opt to just not go, right? You know, mm-hmm. opt for for your your mental peace and well-being instead. You can always regroup, you know, in two or three years when you're in a better place. And then last but not least, self-care. What does it look like at work? It looks like using your vacation time and using your sick days, right? And so don't sacrifice your time for the that work project, because in most cases, there there are, you have reproducibility in positions. The word is escaping me now, but you're not the only manager. You're mm-hmm. not the only team lead. You're not the only database administrator. Someone else will cover the work while you are out, you know, so, so take that stress off, take your vacation time, take your sick days. Sometimes say no to promotions or assignments that don't work for you at this time. If you can gracefully say, hey, I'm going through a challenging period with my family or a challenging transition. I can't really do this right now. I hope this doesn't impact my, you know, opportunity for promotions or, you know, plum assignments in the future. And then defining success for yourself. Once you become a mom, a parent, an SMC, you are a different person. And what success looked like before having kids might be vastly different than what success looks like now that you have kids. It could be that I'm going to carve out time to take the three-week vacation over summer. It could look vastly different. So allow that space for that to happen. Yeah. I also say like, don't be afraid to ask work for what you need as well. So if there's a promotion or something coming up, I don't think that you automatically have to assume that it's not a good time for you either. I think you can say, okay, if I take this, this is what I need. And I think what you'll find that is a lot of employers are willing to do things, but people are just afraid to ask. And so Mm -hmm. for the same reason, I was just talking to someone the other day about this. She um, 
one of my coworkers had come down with COVID and she was worried about the, the amount of sick t- time that she was using. And if you're also a mom on top of that, you're worried about like, okay, if I use up all my sick leave because I've got COVID for three weeks, what's going to happen if my child gets sick, right? A lot of companies actually have special leave around that type of thing, but all you have to do is actually ask for it and say, hey, listen, I need to take this time because of X, Y, Z. So definitely don't be afraid to ask for help from your family and friends, but also ask for what you need at work because you'd be surprised that sometimes they will give it to you. Absolutely. Closed mouths don't get fed. So, (laughs) all right. And so self-care can also be kind of superficial and and fun and 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 flighty. For me, I want to wear sequins for no reason. That means I'm going to get dressed up and wear that dress even if I'm working from home right? Because I want to look cute at pick up and drop off. So I'll take the time and do my hair and put on the lipstick and do the face. And then I will just go. And, you know, sometimes I want to flirt with no intention. I don't intend to date you. I don't intend to ever leave my house. But if I'm on the phone with you and we're going there, I'm going to go there and I'm going to lean fully into the moment and I'm just going to flirt. Yeah. with it. Well, I, I definitely think, you know, whatever, whatever it means for you, or maybe you don't know what self-care looks like for you and you need to take a moment to think about what actually makes you happy or what could make you happy. I just encourage people to really sit down and, and try out some different things. You know, if you've been wearing sweats for the last two years, put on something cute, like Aisha said, and put, put some makeup on and go out with some friends, or maybe even just go to Target uh, <laughs> and you'll, and you never know what you could find. Makeup to the park, also a possibility. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> well, thank you well, so much for hanging in there with us this week, ladies. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Well, Pod, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, share us with your girlfriends. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So tell us what you thought of this episode on social media. On Facebook, we are at Mocha SMC Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Mocha SMC. You can find additional information on the topics from the podcast at our website at mochasmc.com. Till next time, pod. Bye now.